Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. back once again bread and circuses podcast i am rooster here with crow hello how you doing crow good um i've decided this is no longer a podcast this is a television show oh okay, okay. how's that because work? i well I, no that's just what it is that's uh what i've chosen to call it because i i didn't like the definition of the term podcast so i just changed the definition so from so, henceforth, everyone should refer to this as the Bread and Circuses television show. Yes. Okay. Even though, even though it will still be a podcast, right? It will be referred to as the television show. Do you understand where I'm going with this? It's your, it's your truth. Yes. Nope, that wasn't it. But that is a good point. Oh. So let's say I was doing something nefarious, like something I shouldn't be doing. Especially if it was with like uh, taxpayer money, with a uh, with a country that doesn't really like us very much, okay. And uh, and I wasn't supposed to be doing that thing, and I got questioned in front of Congress, and they said, "Are you doing that thing?" And I said, "No," and then found out later that I was. I would just change the term. I would be like, "No, that's not that thing. That's something else." Like, say if I was doing gain of function research, and I told congress we were not doing gain of function research and then i found out we were i'd go well okay it was but it wasn't because we call it something else now but then you know what you should do you should call somebody the person asking you questions a big fat liar yeah you should tell them they have no credibility they don't know what they're talking about because that person didn't go to med school just as long as you did either yeah yeah that'll work that'll that that always works yeah, so of course we're referring to um, uh, the esteemed, beloved, and uh, revered Anthony Fauci. I'm not even going to call him doctor anymore because uh, I'm, you know, I'm changing the definition. Apostle Fauci? Or yeah, he, no, or, to or asshole. Is he, or is he Saint Fauci? No, he's an asshole. Oh, yeah, but isn't he, he one of the religious figures in the new religion? I think so. The religion of so, what, Vax or COVID? Yeah, so he was in front of Congress again, I think it was today, and uh, getting into a Rand Paul again, and Rand Paul came with all his facts. Oh, I didn't hear it. Today Um, he was there? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that. It might have been yesterday. Yeah, so he was, I mean, they went at it again, and uh, it turns out that this research that they were doing, uh, or funding, in Wuhan was actually gain-of-function research. Huh. Well, but knock me over with a feather. Yeah. So uh, when Rand Paul said, basically, why'd you lie to us? And he's like, I didn't lie to you. And then they, they basically went back and checked and found that they had, they had changed the terms of what they were doing, not what they were doing, just changed the terms. In their well, research. yeah, it all depends on what the definition of is, is. Right. That's exactly. going back to Clinton, Bill Clinton. Yep. So... So, I mean, these are shitty people. They're just... Well, I mean, we here's the thing. Everything we've talked about and we knew from the beginning, w- without any doubt, really, it's it's all kind of coming out. But here's the thing. It comes out, but nothing comes of it. That's what pisses me off the most. It's not that yeah. it's coming out late and I could say, I told you so. It doesn't even matter if I say, I told you so, because there's nothing done about it so you've got uh the wuhan lab was the initial uh uh, leak of the coronavirus we all fucking knew that and uh the lab itself the the um the uh uh educational part of it or the uh the the part that was doing the the online publishing of their research is as soon as they internally found out what was going on they scrubbed everything about their gain of function research off the internet it was like obvious they were trying to cover it up yep and it was it was a shitty cover-up but guess what doesn't really matter as long as they put that effort in that's all that matters well i think the part that aggravates me is you know you say we knew it all along i the caveat i would put in there is 
we guessed it all along. We didn't know for sure. And yeah, so, you know, I, I get it. I'm I'm not gonna do the splitting hairs thing here. It's just you know, it's just well, it's 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 not really splitting hairs. It's we can say we knew, we didn't know, but but the difference is now we've found out, you know, and all of the people who are so blind to what this guy and their side are doing that they're willing to just excuse it now. Yeah. And so all the people who say, Oh, follow the science. You're like, what is this science even about? You know, what, what are you doing? It's like that, that experiment they found. And I don't, I still to this, to this day, don't know what it was they were trying to do. They took these beagle puppies and removed their vocal cords so they couldn't yelp. Yeah. I think that's, and a, then, yeah, that's kind of a, uh, they're, they're putting together more than one story with that. I think I no, I know. I know this is a separate thing. Yeah, but the, then the, they, you know, they basically put them in, uh, um, you know, these these uh, hoods where, you know, flies were basically eating their faces alive. And I'm like, oh, sand fleas. What are we, what are we doing here? What's well, know, and that's why what? here's the, here's what's no, so nefarious about that is, um, it's the it's a it's American taxpayer money being used. Um, through the NIH and all these things that Fauci is at the head of that uses mo- almost exclusively government taxpayer money. Um, yeah. Realizing, well, we can't do these unethical things on American soil or for the American people that taxpayers know about. What we're going to do is we're going to just go off seas and then we'll do it there. But also we'll make sure that it's not called what it, what it is. So even when the paper trail comes back to us, we're like, well, we didn't know that was happening. Same as uh, abortion. Taxpayers paying for abortion. It's uh, They go through you know three different layers or two different layers of, of deniability saying, well, it's not really being used for that. This money is earmarked for this, full, knowing full well that's what it's for, you know? Yeah, but then they'll change their story and say, well, yeah, but so what? Yeah, and that's we the that's, that's the most infuriating part. The, the whole, most infuriating yeah. part is their smugness because they know they're going to get away with it. And even if they don't get away with it, they don't really they don't really feel any real repercussions from it. And that yeah. and that's the only thing that infuriates infuriates me. Um, them doing it, it's human, you know. It, we're fallen. We're there's going to be people that do evil, but when they get caught, they should get punished. That's the thing that bothers me. Yeah, I know that it drives me nuts. But what what I think is even worse. I mean, I'm just I'm I'm not comfortable with, but I've resigned myself to the fact that you know, really powerful people generally aren't going to pay a price for the bad things they do. You know, Not in this other life. than maybe, maybe, yeah, well, maybe have to live in disgrace kind of thing, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but what bothers me more than anything is the people who, you know, uh, will get on, you know, social media and say, oh, I'd have Anthony Fauci's baby, blah, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you find this out and they're just like, well, but, you know. You, you got to do some things sometimes to save people. It's like no, you're just making shit up now. Well, you have well, no you have no interest in science or facts or anything like that. It's just how you feel. Well, I mean, there, it happens with all these figures like Cuomo, the Cuomo sexuals. You know. Yeah. So it's like he could do no wrong. They they talk about and what's disgusting and that's it's part of the rules for radicals, Saul Alinsky, you know, rule book basically that you accuse you know your opposition of what you're doing. And that's, yeah. they do it all the fucking time. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, the, uh, they always talk about how the people on the right, um, the MAGA crowd, we're all, we're all worshiping Trump. Well, we're not. There's, 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 I don't know anybody that was even a very fervent Trump supporter that like would worship him to the, to the bitter end. You know, if, if he started doing something ridiculous, we'd be like, ah, dude, that's ridiculous. I'm not, I'm not along with that. Which he did. He was doing wow. bump stop bands, which was stupid. He was pushing the fucking. Um, he was pushing the uh, vaccine, and and he was going overboard with that. And I didn't like it. And I'm like, I'm not on board with this. So I do think that there are plenty of people who would have followed him no matter what. Just like there are people who follow Fauci. I mean, people just. They, I don't think there's they, as uh, many on the right as there are on the left that do that I kind of would thing. Wholeheartedly, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, but they're, they're I'll very tell you small. one thing. I'll tell you one thing. Trump wouldn't do. His administration wouldn't give four hundred and fifty thousand dollars to illegals 
uh, for having their family separated. Yeah, it, that's just that? yeah, that's amazing. Again, it's it's the hubris, the, the the fact that they know they full well know polling shows that the American public uh, people by and large don't support that kind of bullshit, but they still they still fucking pull it. Well, they're not so representing just, us, and they know it. Just today, well, I think it was yesterday. Um, Biden was asked about the four hundred fifty thousand bucks. He goes, "No, that's not happening. That's not happening." That's a straight up and lie. He said, "Well, no, he in this case, I think he wasn't in his mind wasn't lying because it is happening. It's he was arguing about the number. Peter Ducey was quizzing him on it, okay. and he said, "No, it's four hundred fifty. That's crazy. That's not happening." Well. Someone else, at, I think, at the DOJ came out and said, no, that's that's what's going on. It, it's like this administration has no idea what yeah. the fuck is going on. These people are not talking to each other. They're not – it is – I, you know, I've said this is as bad as – because I'm old. I hate – I do hate now that I'm saying I'm old enough to remember because that's that catchphrase everyone is using now just to be cute. You know, like when something happened last week, they'll yeah. be like, well, I'm old enough to remember. So, right. But I am actually old enough to remember the Carter administration and what a disaster it was. The malaise, like the rest, they called it. It's just the rest of the world kind of mocking us. And, you know, imagine a Ronald Reagan or a Donald Trump um, or maybe even, honestly, a Bill Clinton. Do you think the Iranian government would come in and just take over an embassy with those people in there? Yeah, no. No, they wouldn't no. do it. I mean, Muammar Gaddafi said, uh, sponsored uh, when Reagan was president, um, sponsored uh, a uh, bombing of a, I think it was a German nightclub with American soldiers in it. And he flew to Gaddafi's house and bombed it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that guy didn't mess around. Right. And uh, right, right now, I think if, uh, you know, China wanted to go after Taiwan or, uh, or if somebody wanted to take over one of our embassies and take hostages, I think Biden would just sit there and twiddle his thumbs. Yeah, well, I mean, it's obvious uh, as each week goes by, his you know his um, bouts of um, being with it are less and less. I mean, he can't he can't function on his own. He can't he he can't do anything without his aides freaking out. He he'll he'll go to the Paris Accords or whatever the fuck it is and fall asleep and his aides will like rush to wake him up and tell him it's time to clap, it's time to clap. You know, he'll shit himself uh in the Vatican. I know that's just a rumor, but I don't care. It happened. <laughs> yeah, and I I don't know if it did or not, but uh the the only problem I have with that story is it, it's like I don't. I don't really care about I think, that. It's got. I care about the other stuff. But I think. I, I think it, what I, planet he's on. And, I think the fact that that's out there and it's trending. Um, I think it goes to show just like the "Let's Go Brandon." It just shows people are are mocking, um, mocking the president because they all know. You know, it, it's, it, this isn't just a right wing thing either. There's middle of the road people that see this and go, "Yeah, this guy's fucking. He's losing it." What's so. uh, what's let's go, Brandon? I haven't heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> you see, the left is now saying that that is all the left media people are just losing it. That's a dog uh, whistle. It's racist. Well, they say it's vulgar. It's just vulgar. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, there's uh, or there's already social media sites that are starting to talk about or are starting to ban it. So, isn't it funny? It's you know, I'll tell you, one of the hardest jobs right now has got to be writing for the Babylon Bee. Yeah, they've been right. Because, well, but how do you write stuff that's even like ironic anymore? Yeah, or satirical or whatever. Especially once like a number of your things you've like ironically or, or satirically did came true, or almost came well, true, came true in some fashion. So Stephen Crowder was talking the other day about uh, saying LGBTQ plus. Okay. And uh, there was a New York New York Post article, I think it was, where they put the um, somebody mentioned uh, LGBTQ plus, and they put in when they wrote the article, they put sick after it, S I C, which which means the writer is saying this it, is how yeah. the person said it. I know it's not gr grammatically correct, yes. but I'm just quoting them. 
Well, so his point was the person said LGBTQ plus, and they're saying that grammatically that's not correct because it's two IA plus. Yeah, it's LGBTQIA plus plus uh, two spirit. Yeah. Two spirit. <laughs> yeah, it scares me that you know that. Um, uh. So uh, Stephen Crowder pointed out, he goes, I was mocked a year ago for saying, ironically, LGBTQ plus because he said, look, that's where it's going to go. If you think LGBTQ is enough of this at this point, he goes, it's going farther. And he says, I was mocked and ridiculed. People saying, oh, cut it out. LGBTQ or LGBT is enough, mm-hmm. you know. Well, my- and uh, he goes, and look where we are. And I'm not the only one to say this, but look where we're headed. And the slippery slope is absolutely true. It's been proven time and time again, especially in the last couple of years. But we're going to go LGBT, LGBTQIA plus two spirit P is going to be the next one. You know what P is going to stand for? What? Pedophile. Because they're going to be lumped Ooh. in there, too. Yeah. I, well, I, I know, mark my words. Even... I'm not the only one that said this either. It's 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 going to happen. It's 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 basically a this is this is the end game. The end game is the total degeneration of our society. It's the destruction of society. Um, that's well, the end game. I I still think um, because I'm an optimist that we're starting to see some of the brakes pulled on this stuff. I don't think in big cities. Um, and a lot of deep blue areas that it that it will stop. It'll be like you're mentioning. Um, it'll be like if a teacher is uh, has uh, you know feelings toward children. It's okay as long as they don't act on them. You yeah, know, I mean, I've, just the I've encountered people it, on on social media. I've encountered people on Facebook. I don't know them personally, <laughs> but through another person. Uh, who's had arguments and saying, well, a pedophile shouldn't be, you know, it's a mental disorder. And as long as they're not acting on it, you should have compassion for them. <laughs> it's like, that's one step away. Gesundheit. That's okay. one step away from going, well, you know, even if they did diddle a kid, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to do it in the future. So have compassion. Fuck off. I'm not going to have compassion for that. If you're a fucking degenerate monster, you're and you're, and you're on the, the verge of, of, of diddling kids and, and, most of these fuckers take jobs or take positions where they're around kids. It's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm just gonna wait for them to do the deed. Fuck off with that. Well, it's a level of denial that's just kind of. I remember seeing, and I'm not equating, um, I'm not equating pedophilia with being gay by saying this, but I remember seeing a TV show. I can't remember if it was like some MTV special or something. I don't think it was because I haven't watched that in. Mm-hmm. 15 years but um so it might have been something on like usa or whatever but it was it was basically this uh this documentary about these couples where the woman married the guy and then found out the guy was gay and so they're going through all the quote-unquote therapy you know to and i remember distinctly one of the guys went on a camping trip with some buddies and the wife is like going wait what and he was like yeah i was just camping with my friends and she goes and so i got a little out of hand and she was just doing this hands on hips sort of shaming him thing you know you're not supposed to be in that kind of situation Hmm. and i'm thinking lady the guy you married's gay yeah just get over it you know and it's it's the level of deniability people have that's just insane and they'll do the same thing with a you know you're right somewhere down the road they're going to do this with this great teacher who's just a you know uh qiap person and they're going to be like well yeah but they don't act on it so it's okay but but here's the thing it's not even that it's like it's like yeah i understand these a lot of these people have mental disorders i don't give a shit they have if if you have a mental disorder then in your danger to society you get fucking locked up maybe you can get treated maybe not um and and you know what and they go well they'll just hide it good hide it for the rest of their fucking life you know, make yeah. it such a such a stain to come out as a pedophile that you would you would you know you're ruining your life if you ever touched a kid or looked looked wrong at a kid. You're you're ruining your life. You're going to go to prison. People are going to beat the shit out of you or, or murder you. So you know what? 
keep it shameful. But the problem is the gay community, and I'm I'm talking about straight up just the regular gay community because they allowed they we opened the door with this shit, um, having their gay pride parades and shit, and being prideful about it. Um, and then they have all these disgusting um, acts in front of children all the time, and it's ramping up. You got these fucking guys at these parades with butt plugs in, slap, you know, spanking each other, and then uh, women, these um, mothers, bringing their children there, there and explaining to them, oh, they're just expressing their love in front of children. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's, and I know there's a lot of gays out there that go, that's disgusting, that shouldn't happen. But guess what? It does, and it happens with the full blessing of most of the fucking community that's out in the goddamn streets uh, engaging in this fucking degeneracy. Oh, I'm in a great yeah. mood today, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell too, you're in rare form. Yeah, we should, we should take a couple weeks off more often. <laughs> Just let it fester, yeah. let it stew, I have no outlet. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Mm. <laughs> we haven't even talked that much on the phone. No, so. yeah, I've been you pretty know, you busy. You don't get a chance to. You don't get a chance to get it out there. So. Yeah. Um. Well, I, I did think it was funny. So they had these. Um. There's sort of a bunch of topics here with this one thing. They had the elections in Virginia and New Jersey, and um, just this week. Yeah, Jersey is that? Did that go finally go Democrat? Because it was pretty close. Well, they, I, was there going to be a rec- recount? It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been. Yeah, because that Jersey. was a um, Democrat stronghold. Well, New Jersey, New Jersey has had uh, Republican governors before. It had Chris Christie. Um, oh, that's right. But, but uh, it was a sixteen-point Biden win in the last election. So, less than a year ago, or what, year and a half ago? Well, they they um, really know how to commit the fraud in, in Jersey. So they've had a lot of practice. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was cheating, but I, I don't know if they even had to cheat that hard in New Jersey to win. It's so blue. But the fact that this came down to, I think it's less than 10,000 votes. Yeah. Um, so there, I think it's an automatic recall or a re, recount. Um, I, I heard that they don't have that law or automatic recount. Somebody, something else has to happen for a recount. So we'll see. Well, I, I think if it's under two one percent, they do it, um, or the candidate can request it. Yeah. But um, Terry McAuliffe in New Jer- in uh, uh, Virginia, who was the former governor, governor, governor blackface. No, that was um, Ralph Go- Northam. That was Governor Clan uh, Clan Clan Hat or blackface. That was Northam. Yeah, Clan Hat blackface. Oh, McAuliffe um, is the one that wants to wants to make sure that parents don't don't have anything to do with what their children are taught. Yeah, so Virginia, you can't do uh, consecutive terms as a governor. So McAuliffe was the governor before Northam, I believe, and McAuliffe was running again um, against a guy named Glenn Youngkin, who was just, I think, like a financial company manager kind of person who said, hey, you know, I'm going to run. And Virginia is a, they call it a purple state. For the most part, it's pretty blue. Although when you see these electoral maps, um, even in the um, even in the presidential election, and this is really how the country looks, is that most of the state votes Republican, but the population centers vote Democrat. Yeah, well, population. So you've got yeah. like, yeah, you got like three counties in Virginia that carry most of the state, and so you look at this map, and it's almost all red with these hot spots of blue, and they elect a Democrat. Well, um, McAuliffe is running, and McAuliffe is turning out to be. I mean, he's a nut job. Yeah. If you listen to the guy talk, he's well, he's his, crazy. His right before right before election, um, the polls closed. He had a, a a stump speech that was talking about how he's really he really thinks there's too many white teachers, and uh, you know because well, he said he said there's uh the school school district or the eighty percent white Virginia, teachers, 50, yeah, fifty percent black students yeah. and 80 percent white teachers so that's got to change and people are saying well wait a second how about can't we talk about how good the teacher well, is i mean it, are we it was saying even, that a white teacher a white was. teacher can't teach black that's kids? what he said because he was he's even more specific about it. he goes and we all know what is needed to make these kids feel comfortable it's like well what if that what if white kids what if a majority school had you know eighty percent white kids and you had uh, let's say forty percent black teachers and, and the kids go yeah, I'm uncomfortable I want a white person teaching me how fucking stupid well they'd be racist 
Well, I mean, it's not even about racism. It's just dumb. It's like that. I don't care how comfortable you are with the color of your teacher. It doesn't matter. No, but my point is if it's 80% white teachers teaching 50% black kids, then it's inequity. If it's 80% black teachers teaching 50% white kids and the white kids say something about it, it's racism. Yeah. You know, that's, they just get, they change the definition of everything all the time. And so the big thing that got national recognition here was when someone asked McAuliffe about critical race theory, which we'll come back to here. Um, and he said, I don't think parents should be telling the schools what to teach in class. And I'm, I'm not 100% disagreeing with him. I don't think we need parents involved in the day-to-day curriculum. But I do think that if parents are hearing stuff about um, who's this, uh, who's this uh, black female author who wrote basically uh, you know, a book about people having gay sex and everything, and it's very explicit – and it's in the libraries and a lot of public schools where, you know, underage kids can read it. Um, and parents were objecting to this being in there. And Terry McAuliffe goes, well, you're only saying that because it's racist. You know, yeah. You're going after this black. No, we're going after it because it's we filth. don't want this stuff taught to our kids. Yeah. You know, schools should not be teaching kids anything about human sexuality. You know, that's a course you take in college, you know, so um, you say say the government should stay out of people's sexuality, you know, but then you want to teach it. You want to make it mainstream. Not only that, they're not. It'd be one thing if they were just teaching sexuality like sex ed when we were growing up was, you know, you're like, well, how explicit should they get when we talk about the union of a man and a woman to produce a baby? Well. That was like wholesome compared to now. Now it's degeneracy is is being pushed as the norm. You know, well, back then it was like when you were a kid, it made you uncomfortable. You know, it was like your teacher talking about penises just made you sort of giggle and feel uncomfortable. Yeah, right? but now they're telling you that aberrant that aberrant sleep, behavior is normal is what they're telling you, and you have to be comfortable with it. Right, right. They're saying they're saying if you if you're yeah, it's not even a man and a woman having sex anymore. Like I said, it's it's everything and anything goes, and that's totally normal. Anything, any deviant thing you can come up with right now, and when I say deviant, deviating from the norm, any aberrant deviant thing behavior sexually that comes up is being pushed as the norm, and that's what you're saying. Any anything outside of the missionary position on Friday night with the lights off, right? right. Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> Occasional okay. motorboating, <laughs> you know, if they're big enough. <laughs> well, I I think it's it's funny that you know. So he says this, and this becomes a national election, and suddenly it looked like he was a uh, you know going to walk away with the governorship. He was up by like eight points. To Yunkin wins by like two percent. And McAuliffe can't figure out what it is, and what does the left say it is? Well, it's the it's racism. It's a dog whistle. You know, well, and you watch all the, you saw that clip of all the uh, left-wing media having a fucking conniption fit about it, and it was 90% racist. It's all racist. Yeah, but it, if you watch this stuff, if you really watch these clips after these elections or these events like this, they're all using the same terms. I mean, you you can't get a better dis- definition of talking points yeah. than what they're saying. Well, it's the same thing as that, and what they're really good at messaging and sticking with it um the the one of the terms they use a lot is the big lie you've heard that the, mm-hmm. the big lie which is that the election was fraudulent the the biden winning was fraudulent and that's the big lie or there were or even if you say there were discrepancies and there was um there was uh it was rigged which is what i say um that that's the big lie and 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 everybody from congress to every you know lap dog uh, you know um media personality uses that term now and they, and they're all well, lockstep in that and they forget or just don't know i'm more inclined to say they don't know that that the roots of that go back to honestly to hitler hmm. because he was the one who just said make the lie big make it believable and just keep repeating it yeah but then they think they think that they're using that and and the it's analogous to the right but it really is them doing it yeah, but they're so dumb because they believe that 
They yeah. believe they're righteous and they can't do wrong. Well, and they have, so, they have hubris, and but they're not as smart as they think they are, and they're they're constantly getting kind of caught in their stupid, stupid. You know, they're they're trying to do this Machiavellian plot, and it's just like backfiring all the time. But the only problem that I see is it is backfiring because people are onto it. But like I said, what we said in the beginning, it's like the, there has to start being consequences. Well, you know what this really is? This is like the scene in Star Wars where uh, Ben Kenobi says, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying the stormtroopers go, these aren't the droids you're looking for, or we're looking for, they go, no, those are droids right there. Yeah, We're looking specifically for them. He goes, nope, you're not. And I mean, that's the left saying, no, these aren't the droids you're looking for. And everyone else going, "They're, they're right there. And they're like, nope. It's yeah. not happening, it, it, and it's it's getting old. And so, keep in mind that this election, which is an off-year election, because uh, it's 2021, it you know it's just a bunch of offices that sort of came up for various different reasons in different states. But like uh, Seattle elected a um, a uh, new uh, uh, attorney general, state attorney general who's a, a Republican. Hmm. I don't uh, know that. The head of the, head of the um, um, New Jersey State Senate, I believe it was, lost out. He was a Democrat. He's been like the head of it or the president of the state Senate for uh, it's some title along those lines. Who, what state, He's uh, been there for like 10 years. What state was and it? He lost to a Democrat What's, or a Republican. What southern state was it that just got a new lieutenant governor that was a black woman? That's Virginia. Okay, and that's the first time it ever happened. Um, yeah, so, but since she's so a Republican, Virginia, right? Virginia is a state, unlike Minnesota, where the governor and the lieutenant governor run together. Um, in Virginia, the governor and lieutenant governor run separately, which seems to make no sense to me. Yeah. But but anyway, so yeah, it's a woman. She's a uh, first or uh, second generation immigrant. So her parents came here from Jamaica at the height of the civil rights movement. She said her dad came here with a buck seventy-five in his pocket. Um, you know, made himself into a successful person. She joined the military because she said, "I'm willing to defend this country and the opportunity here with my life." Um, she is all gung ho on America, and uh, she is now the face of white supremacy. Yeah. Yep. Well, I, I listened to part of her stump speech, and uh, it was really good. She's she's a good speaker, and uh, she's she's not uh, overly dramatic, and she's kind of, I mean, I, I like the way she, um, people like her, where she's she's direct in what she says, and she doesn't try to be overly like you know, doesn't sound pretentious at all, like the left tries to do. Yeah, and I think she's going somewhere, and she definitely has an element of fuck around and find out. Yeah, that's kind of what I got. Know? Yeah, she uh, she uh, I think she says something about how. I mean, one of the lines, it's like a, it's like a stock line where you go, you know, my goal is you know, I'm not trying to be, um, it wasn't the trailblazer wasn't the word she used, but I'm not trying to be the face of a movement. I'm, I just want to leave things better off than I, than I found them. And it's like, that's a, mm-hmm. that's an old line, but the way she delivered it, like, yeah, you know what? That felt real, you know, from well, her. But it's, things are falling apart for Democrats across the country. I mean, uh, do you see uh, Lori Lightfoot went uh, the mayor of uh, Be- Mayor Beetlejuice from uh, Chicago. She got up in front of like a police union thing <laughs> yeah, and got they booed her. Booed and heckled. Booed. Yeah, to the point where you couldn't hear what she was saying. Yeah, didn't she finally give up? I think she I- walked I can't away. Remember if she did or not. But so I mean, you you've had a bunch of uh, positions that were normally that went to Democrat or yeah Democrats in very Democratic areas that. Um, Republicans are taking over now and these governorships are a big deal. Yeah. You know? Um, well, I mean, and that's, DeSantis that's why is, I'm still worried. DeSantis I don't, is showing that. Yeah. I don't you know? want DeSantis running for president because he's such an effective governor for Florida. You know, he's, yeah, done, he's I'm done so much to good. Think, I'm starting to think, you know, the Republicans need a guy like Trump as president, mostly just to take all the incoming. Yeah. It's, you not, know? it's not a bad point. You need a guy tough enough like that to just stand there and just not give a shit. And maybe, and people say, well, maybe he can't get his agenda done. Okay, maybe he can't. But if he gets up there and he takes all this heat and everything, and in the meantime, we wind up with 32 or 33 or 34, which we're closing in on Republican governors, 
who basically change things in their state so that, you know, people can just live. Um, I don't think that would be a bad thing. Oh yeah. Did you hear Bill Maher's latest thing? He said, uh, he travels all over the country and he, he, um, the red states are fun. They're great. And he goes, the blue states are miserable. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and that's, that's where we're heading. And I, I don't think that's a bad idea. I mean, people talk about, is it time for a, for a national divorce? And I mean, even people no. like Sarah Silverman are starting to joke about it. And I don't think we need, we need to have a national divorce, but I do think, and I've said many, many times, we're we're going to get away from the color purple. We're going to have red areas, and we're going to have yeah. blue areas. You know That's what? just how it's going to be. I was thinking one of the reasons a national divorce wouldn't work is because how do you split up the nukes? <laughs> you know? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, true. That, that, that's, it's just not going to happen. Well, so. let's face it. Okay. The the nukes, the um, the water, the food... And the guns are mostly all in red states. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. And the ports are in the, uh, in the blue states. Oh, we forgot so, to mention, um, Minneapolis too had a, uh, a, a proposition about, uh, you know, replacing the police with, uh, whatever the fuck they were going to replace. They never really had a true, um, idea of what they're going to replace the police with. It was just replace the police and get rid of them. And that failed. Yeah. So, well, so what the, it wasn't really getting rid of them. It was going to allow for that to happen. What they were going to do is the Minneapolis charter says they have to have a certain amount of police. And they're, and it's something like 888. It's based on um, they take the census and they say they need a certain amount of officers yeah, per capita. Per however. Right. So they need to be at about 880. And I think right now they're uh, close to 600. And they said had this passed – there were going to be likely about 30% of the police taking early retirement, which case the city just couldn't function. Um, yeah. And they're close to that already. <clears throat> but I, that failed. I think that we're not going to hear – that won't be the last of that. But what I do think is funny – I mentioned we'll come back to the CRT thing. Uh, this critical race theory, which is a real thing. Um, oh, that's just a rambling know, lie. It's just a way to gin up. Uh, it's a dog whistle to gin up racism. Well, there's a the where where it first started coming out in the mainstream was when I think it was Soledad O'Brien. Well, I know it was Soledad O'Brien. She's a she was an anchor on either MSNBC or CNN someplace, and she was interviewing this guy who was uh, one of the big wigs at Breitbart, and she starts talking about critical race theory. And he calls her out on it. He goes, is someone reading that to you in your ear? Are you just repeating that? And she's like, no, no, I'm not. And someone had screen grabbed in this video the Wikipedia page for um, for uh, critical race theory. And it was someone reading it to her in yeah. her ear. Yeah. And this is, uh, I think, a Harvard professor that Obama had studied under. And um, But the point is... Uh, you know, the left is saying, on the one hand, critical race theory doesn't exist. It it doesn't. That's the right wing boogeyman. Yep. You know, that's this that's this high level court case. Blah blah. Purely blah. academic uh, in in in, in yeah. law. That's it. But then they'll turn around and talk about, um, you know, what critical race theory teaches. You know, and how like good it, it is. All it all it does is really teach history. Yeah. So they're saying, you know? on one hand, they're saying it doesn't exist. On the other hand, they're they're um, defending it. Yes, yeah. exactly. So. And so they they just have no idea. They have been caught with their pants down on this. They don't know what to do. Um, you know, Joe Manchin was just on uh, the news tonight saying, he goes, you know, you're trying to pass this Green New Deal. He said, we don't have the numbers for this that FDR had or Lyndon, uh, Lyndon Johnson had when they were trying to pass stuff. He goes, we're even in the Senate. We got uh, eight seats in the House, and by the way, I think they lost a couple of them, and uh, they lost one in Ohio. Had a couple other elections where they're losing them. Um, I mean, at this point, they're absolute, and things can change. But the way this is shaping up is they're going to get absolutely slaughtered in the midterm elections. And uh, what I'm afraid of more than anything is not something changing. It's just the Republicans not doing anything with it when they get it. Yeah, that, that's the, I, that's the I that's the trend. 
I do believe it's a conservative tenet, and I agree with it in general, is to not use the power of government to, uh, you know, to enforce uh, or force your views or your or what you want on others. Um, well, you should use it. You should use it judiciously, right? It should be careful. But you yeah, know, there's there's I, people I mean, at there's... some point. At some point, you have to use it to start putting some fences up. Yeah, there's there's the some of that's kind of coming out. There there's push against that now, especially from like uh, people like uh, Matt Walsh and um, um, what's his name. They're all from the Daily Wire um podcasts uh, and all ben that Shapiro. uh not ben but the uh, michael knowles um they're okay. very much for using um government to push conservative and pro-family and and good you know agendas and actually using the power of the government for that they go we're not we're not libertarians here in the republican party we went through a, a period where big you know the the libertarians kind of decided or a lot of the republicans decided hey we're, we're actually just liber really libertarians and, and and it's not working being a libertarian is not gonna is not gonna save conservatism it's gonna it's gonna water it down so what they're saying is we have to start pushing to put uh conservative agendas forward and if you have to use the government for it so be it well but again this is where and this is what i really can't stand about libertarians um first of all i believe that there's two kinds of people who say they're libertarians, uh, people who want to smoke pot. And the other kind is people who vote Republican and are too afraid to admit it. You know, well, they say, oh, I'm, more, I'm more libertarian. I got I got you know? I got kind of hoodwinked into the whole libertarian attitude for a while there, too. I thought, you know, I'm more libertarian than I am conservative because their messaging was kind of like, hey, you know, um, you know, the, and because it was at a good time, because the left was exerting all of its power on the right, and you're saying this power is no good, and then they're saying, well, if it just sw swung back, you, you know, uh, it just swings back, pendulum back and forth. So if you guys take control and power, and you start using that power, it's just going to get used against you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, it probably is, but you know what? Fuck off with that. You, you use it well, when you have it. You use it, and you keep it as long as you can. Right, and there's some truth to that, but I think I think the power that the conservatives true conservatives wield is just like Trey Gowdy said with the second amendment. The second amendment is the amendment that protects the others, you know? So in the analogy, the idea is that if you win power, you don't use your guns to go threaten everyone to think the way you want. You say, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let this, you know, work the way it should work we're gonna let people live the live the way they want to live and if you fuck around with it then we have guns yeah and I, I guess the best example I can think of is well back to the libertarian thing one thing that pisses me off about libertarians is libertarianism is not a political philosophy it is an economic philosophy it's not supposed to extend to politics it's not supposed to be a political party it's supposed to be an economic philosophy which is the government should leave its hands out of it. Well, and then they're you all know? about open borders, a lot of them. There's, yeah, because you know. it gets co-opted into, into a political sort of movement. It's like capitalism. Capitalism is not political. Capitalism is economic. Yeah, pure and, capitalism is, is, shouldn't be, yeah. Yes, exactly. So it, that's one of the things that frustrates me about it. But, you know, uh, the best example I can think of uh, sort of real life about, you know, how I think that conservatives should use the power of government. Um, it was when, you know, Trump did his uh, tariffs. Yeah. And I, I, as a free trade kind of guy, don't want to see tariffs. However, if the other guys are going to use them against you and your tariffs will do more damage to them, then you do them to, until you get them to stop. And we've talked about this before, but I likened it to you can say, hey, you shouldn't beat people with sticks. And the other guy picks up a stick and starts trying to hit you with it. You pick yours up and you hit him until you make him put it down. Well, it's the same. And then you can put, you can put yours down and say, are we done doing this? Well, it's the same principle you know? as the arms race. It's a shared mutual destruction if we just allowed – um, said we're not nukes are evil nukes are bad it's just it's horrible we're not going to do this and just let uh, the USSR prolifer proliferate uh, uh, nukes then everybody would 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 be 
um, ba- basically afraid to piss off Russia, but our USSR and not the US. And so pretty soon their sphere of influence would grow and grow and grow. And, and, and next thing you know, we'd you know, all be fucking communists. So yeah, exactly. The, the, the Red Scare was real, by the way. Communism is yeah. insidious. It's disgusting. It's a disgusting um, um, form of government and ideology, and it's and it's insidious and it's pure and it's always something you have to guard against, even if you give it different names. That's what we're fighting right now, basically. I mean, I mean, if you want to put it like basic, it's communism. You know, yeah. mar- different forms of it. You know, Marxism. You know, different forms of socialism and all that kind of shit. It's it's all kind of all offshoots of the same thing. Well, you know, they've just never done it. Right. Well, and that's what you they, know? I mean, it's so blatant what they're doing here. This, this equity bullshit, this is all part of communism. You know, it's yeah. where you want, you want the elites to be in control of everybody. And the elites aren't supposed to be any better than anybody else, but they, they always live the life of, uh, of rock stars and, and billionaires because they have every perk available to them without having to have the uh, paperwork to say, I'm a rich, rich person. Or the or the talent amazing. to say I'm I'm talent to say I'm loved and, and and venerated. Yeah, it's amazing to me to see the amount of people who are willing to let someone else be in charge if they think it's to their advantage. Um, you know, in other words, like, well, if I just elect this person, they'll take care of me. Well, you know? and it always amazes me that that's not Amer the the whole American kind of uh, attitude is dwindling you know you got more and more people they're talking about a study that just came out that said more and more young men are willing just not to work because because the government will pay them enough to just kind of make it just kind of sit around and watch porn and play video games and you know eat junk food and that's all they really want in life they don't really want to strive for anything better as long as you know as long as there's a roof over their head and you know they got porn to whack off to they're good and that's not that's like so far from the american ideal that i don't know well, what gives me hope is uh, I, I saw a study that it was done by some uh, HR group that said um, it, it's about trying to counsel HR departments. And, you know, the big thing was like, how do we deal with millennials and blah, blah, blah. And now it's it was a big study about how millennials kids are acting. Yeah. And they're not they're not going the route sort of everybody thought they would. They're sort of balking at what their parents are doing and saying. Jesus, get a life. Do something with yourself, you know. I yeah. mean, so it's there's sort of this resurgence of um, uh, responsibility amongst the millennials' kids. It's kind of interesting. Well, it's kind of funny that yeah. my generation and your generation, the Gen X, were known as slackers, you know. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the slacker generation. The pro- the thing about that is, yeah, it's half true. But then I think most of them realize it's not good, and they never go. It's so great to be a slacker. It's like, yeah, we're slackers, and you know, we realize it's not the greatest thing. We should be doing something with our lives. Um, this, the next generation, they're they're slackers, and they're proud of it. You know. Well, but I think the thing about Gen X, where they got labeled slackers, is you know, the the generation before them was, hey, you show up to work and you do your job nine to five, and you go home and you come back on yeah. Monday, and and the Gen X people are starting to say, why, why do you have to do it that way? You know, why? I don't want to do it that way. I have a different way I want to try and do this. And they're like, oh, you just, yeah, you don't want to do the work, do you? Well, no, there are incredibly successful Gen Xers. It's been a very successful generation because they didn't want to do it the way that everybody else had always done it. Yeah, but that's also we had the insidious creep of all this um this wokeness kind of working its way up through kind of in the background that was changing how society functions. So it was harder for, to have the the family where you had the one, the one pay provider, the husband going out and providing for a family of four or five and, and his wife staying at home. It was getting much more difficult to do that. Um, and they were seeing well, that they that weren't, was... they weren't able to live that they, they're like that dream, that American dream was very hard, has been very hard to attain for people at this point. You know, you have to have two well, people or even if you don't have to, you know, keep up with the Joneses, they've made it so that, you know, you feel like you as a wife, you can't just be content to be a mother. You have to be this, uh, you know, a money making, you know, um, uh, you know, a, a person out in the rat race with the, with with the men because, you, you know, they don't they're not the only ones that can do it. I can do it, too. I can do it all. 
Well, but that was something that feminism did to that. That was before even Gen X. No, I'm, but I'm saying that's I'm saying the accumulation of the not the accumulation the um it just accumulated to the point where the tipping point started. I think in the Gen X generation, I think the uh, the boomers had it really good, um, and they they kind of they kind of allowed too much of this insidious creep of this you know anti American ideals to kind of just get get rooted into every system. That's why the uh, the Marxists got their foot in the door of education and, and, and entertainment and, uh, and, you know, all that kind of shit. So it's, it started no, back no. before in the sixties. Yeah. With feminism. Yeah. That and feminism I mean, was part of it. It was all part of the Marxist Marxism, Marxists and communists and all that. They, they, they took over all these kind of movements, you know? Yeah. Or, and look, I mean, they saw their utility mom, and they used them. My mom is, uh, very successful, career-wise and everything there's nothing wrong with that if no. that's what you want to yeah, do absolutely. go do that thing you know yeah. but some somewhere along the line we vilified people women who want to stay home and raise their kids and there are and if a woman wants to you know go out and get a job and do all she should she should do what makes her happy but there are more and more uh, studies coming out that show that women in general, not saying specifically, tend to be happier being at home raising their kids. And the kids are better off because instead of the kids being put to little indoctrination camps early on, they're they're taught family values and they're they're seeing it from their from the home. They're not, you know, put into a, a daycare or a or a preschool or a pre K shit that you know nobody ever heard of before. You know, and, and that's, yeah. you don't want to give your kids to the government earlier and earlier in their lives for indoctrination. I mean, something that we do in our family and we've always done is we, uh, we have dinner together. I mean, if we're all in town home, if I'm not traveling or my wife's not traveling or something like that, um, or if one of us doesn't go out with the guys or the, you know, the girlfriends for drinks or dinner or something like that. We eat dinner together, even times when it's difficult, like the kids' schedules and our schedules aren't meshing, and we're like, we have 45 minutes in this window to eat, you know? Um, and I talked to so many friends of mine, they're like, yeah, well, we had to take the one kid to hockey, so they ate on the way home in the car, and, and uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Well, it's not a big deal until it happens 150 nights out of the year, Yeah, you know? That's where you kind of share your day and talk about stuff, and um, it gives the kids a sense of stability. And it's amazing to me the amount of people who just don't think that's important, you know? Yeah. And we got away from that because it was everybody's trying to do too much stuff. Yeah, I mean, my absolutely. kids, My kids are, you know, my kids are busy with a yeah. ton of things, but they aren't things that we sign them up for. Uh, that they don't want to do and they have to make decisions like adults saying, Hey, look, you got this activity at this time and this one at this time, you like both of them, but they're conflicting on this particular night. What are you doing? And people say, I don't want my kids to have to make those decisions. Well, and, that's, and I'm like, I'm like, S what are you doing? But also you know? the, we, I mean, that does touch on a little bit how nowadays there's, there's so many choices. There's that, you know, people talk about the paralysis of too many choices. And, um, I think there's something to be said for the days when a woman's job, her main goal was to, um, keep the home, you know, in shape and keep the, the children, you know, keep on top of what the children are up to. And, and the, the husband's job was to go provide. And that, that was his goal was to provide for his family, a good life for his family. And there's just so much distraction now from that, 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 you know, nobody has a true real sense of what, what a goal for, for uh, their family and society should be. Well, but I'm just talking about letting kids make decisions. I mean, I've, we had a friend who's 16 year old went out of town for a baseball tournament, had to call his mom to figure out how to order for McDonald's because oh when they went to McDonald's, she just ordered for him. Oh boy. I'm like, even if he's never done it, you got to be able to figure this out. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like mm -hmm. they say, you go to school to learn how to learn. Um, yeah, my oldest, my oldest doesn't. He doesn't drive. He can't drive for a while yet. He knows how to pump gas. You know, yeah. we could send him to the grocery store with a list, and he'll he'll and a credit card, and he can do it. Yeah, you know, 
and I just took my youngest in today. We we're I was taking him to school this morning, and uh, we we're gonna run in and get donuts at the store, and because uh, that's what he want. I told him if he did a couple things I needed done, I'd let him get donuts before school. So he goes in to get them, and I'm like, "Here's the money, you know. I'll be with you, but." You're going to go up to the counter. You're going to pick your donuts out. You're going to tell them what you want. You're going to go over to the self-checkout, and you're going to pay. And he's like, okay. He wasn't like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do it. He's just like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, and he's he's not afraid to do that stuff. And I said, look, if we came here again and I was on the phone for work in the car or something, we could come here. I could give you money. You could go inside and do that. And a lot of people look at would look at him at his age and go, wow, geez, why are you making that kid do it? I'm not making him. I'm teaching him how to do it. And guess what? He appreciates it and says, cool, I'll do that. Yeah, and didn't you, you tell know? me that kind of told your kids I'm, I'm, some things you might not agree with, but I'm teaching them how not to be assholes? <laughs> yeah, I was telling my, was telling my uh, youngest, he's got a friend who, um, I don't know, he just doesn't, it, it, this friend is always like, yeah, and he's he's always just jacking with him and stuff, and he honestly, you know, gets bothered by him sometimes. And uh, I, I said, you know, look, our job as parents is not to have you like us, you know? I'm like, I'm going to do stuff sometimes that you don't like, but I'm in charge. I make the rules. That's how it is. And I said, you may not agree, but you understand that this is the framework you're living in this house in, okay? It's not overly restrictive, but it's not overly loose either. And if you act like a dick, bad things are going to happen. Yep. And he he gets it, and we had a very adult conversation about it for a kid who's his age. Yeah. And he was just, he actually said, yeah, Dad, I appreciate that. You <laughs> oh, know? That's nice to hear. Yeah, it is. It is nice to hear, and he's a well-behaved <laughs> kid, and I'm sure you could find a time or two where he did something he wasn't supposed to do, but that's not how he generally operates. Yeah. You know, we get a lot of comments on him being a well-behaved kid. And that's because he knows ahead of time that there are rules. If you step outside of those rules, there will be consequences. And guess what? When they step outside those rules and test you, that's it. Yeah. It's over. Yep. You know, and I, th I think about it one time, he was uh, playing his, his PlayStation when he wasn't supposed to, and I caught him doing it. And the first time he did it, I told him I was going to take it away for a week. And I said, the next time I catch you doing it, it's going to be two weeks. And he was very into Fortnite at the time. And I came upstairs and I found him playing it, and I walked into the room, and I'm like, you're not supposed to be playing this. He stood up, walked over, and handed me the controller and walked out of the room. He knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Didn't fight me on it. Yep. You know? And then when he got it back, he was like, thank you. And we have not had a problem since. Yeah. You know? follow Consistency and follow through with kids is important. And, you know, as a parent, you don't want to be the bad guy like that. You don't want to be like the, you know, I took it away. And maybe sometimes you even go, geez, maybe two weeks seemed like a lot. But at the same time, you're going, no, no, no. I told him. He knew. You know, he knew the rules. I laid them out and he broke them. Well, it's better to be slightly overboard than not be enough where they're kind of like laughing, like big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed yeah, to be in my room for an hour. Poof, whatever. Yeah. That's where you have to, you have to resist saying stuff like you won't play your sport for the next six months kind of thing, or you yeah. can't have your phone for a month. I mean, it's like, my God, you do that. There's no way you can enforce that. But at the same time, you can't say you know, a day or something like that. kids blow that stuff. It's got to be long enough for them to feel it and short enough for them to get the point. Yeah. I forget. Cause, cause for kids, you know, uh, a week is an eternity. <laughs> you know, older yeah, you get, the older you get like a week that goes by in a blink of an eye. But yeah. But you know what the funny thing is, if you take stuff like that away from them for a certain period of time, they get, they, they get used to not having it. And they branch out a little more mm -hmm. to other things. Yeah. Yep. So, I've noticed that. Anyway. Well, you know, we've talked kind of some bigger issues tonight than we than I was expecting. I thought we were gonna get into more specific uh stories. And there's a lot to talk yeah. about, but we're running up on time here. 
Well, we'll just have to be back at it next week. I think so. so. No, no end to the stuff to talk about. But yeah, probably, we'll probably talk about specific um, stories that I kind of, I kind of saved a few of them I wanted to talk about. But it's there's too much to go into just to go in this late. So, um, yeah. but if there's anything you guys want to hear us talk about, uh, shoot us a, a email. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. Or put it on the Facebook page, Bread and Circuses Podcast. See you, bye.